Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. 22. Remember, the Apostle Paul showed up in Athens. He saw the idol worship going on. Remember, the Greeks were big into mythology. We still study that today, Greek mythology. Gods and goddesses, fallen. It's basically the worship of demons. <laughs> Anything that's not worshiping God, you're worshiping demons, uh, which are fallen angels, whatever. Um, so they were worshiping demons, fallen angels, etc. Gods and goddesses, they're not God. And it grieved Paul. He began to talk to them about the Lord. Then they took him before the city council. It's what it looks like, the council of Athens. Athens, Greece. It says, so Paul, standing before the council, addressed them as follows. Men of Athens, I notice that you are very religious in every way. Remember, religious is not always a compliment. Okay? Religious just means you're, you're, uh, <laughs> you're acting spiritual, basically. <clears throat> and I know some people mean it as a compliment. They'll tell me before. They've told me, you know, hey, I know you're religious, Pastor Matt. I'm like, uh, thanks, I think, but it wasn't a compliment in the New Testament, really, being religious. Religious actually means just walking in some kind of religion, being spiritual to a point. doesn't mean you're right with God. It just means you're going by these man-made religions, traditions, decrees, rules, and regulations. He says, I, I noticed you guys are very religious, so I was walking along. I saw your many shrines. I think he was kind of using it as a semi-compliment, like, hey, you guys are spiritually minded. One of your altars had this inscription on it, to an unknown God. This God whom you worship without knowing, is the one I'm telling you about. Paul was very wise, knew how to speak to people. He said, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. He is Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't live in man-made temples. Aren't you glad? Can you imagine you say, Man, I can only reach God at church. Wouldn't that be tough? That, that would be tough. God is everywhere at once. He, the, the thing is, you say, man, but bad things happen. Yeah, God's presence is not manifest everywhere, but he's everywhere. He sees everything. Give you a real quick example of this. I told you about this a few weeks ago, but my dad, one of his favorite ways to witness is to walk up to people and ask them, is there anywhere I can get saved around here? That's so random. Dad will walk up to people and say, can it, do you, is there anywhere I can get saved here? And it throws people off, but usually have one or two in the group that have heard of stuff, and they'll go, um, I think there's a church down the street. You can go get saved over there, I think. You know, so he has them, he's doing the Columbo, right? Get, and pretty soon, Dad will have them witnessing to themselves, and Dad will go, well, what is saved? And they'll go, I don't know. And people are like, saved from what? And others will go, no, I know what he means. Saved means like saved from hell, man. And people are looking at that person like, why didn't you tell me something? You know about this, you know? And he has them witnessing to themselves. Said, man, but it's funny when he asked that question, and I've been with him, and I've asked the question before. I said, that's a fun way to witness. I've done it before as well. And people answer. There's usually that answer is, is there anywhere I can get saved? And dad will go, well, can I get saved here? And they'll go, no, you can't get saved here. But if you go down the street to that church, I think you might be able to get saved. And other people go, no, you can't get saved around here. <laughs> that's bad. Can you imagine if you could only get saved at church? This is what's powerful about Scripture. Scripture says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So man, wherever, whenever, 
you can call on God and be saved. Now, we meet here at church. Yes, you can meet God here. His presence manifests here. I can feel God's presence tonight when Ms. B was praying. I feel God's presence during worship. I feel God's presence many times when I'm preaching. I feel God's presence here at church when I'm talking to people. But, man, I feel God's presence in my truck, in my office here at church, or in my dad's office, or sometimes in my office at home. I feel God's presence. I, I know God is with us. I'm glad that God just doesn't live in a building, aren't you? This is the power of God where, can you imagine the wisdom of God where he says, I'm going to place some of my spirit in everybody who accepts me. So I will live within each of my creation, and we will have community. We'll be together. I can communicate with them by my spirit. Listen to this. This is God saying this. I can communicate with them by my spirit through their reborn human spirit. Isn't that powerful? So remember, when you get saved, your spirit is reborn. Now you just got to, your responsibility is your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and your body, right? And both get out of control sometimes, don't they? Our bodies and our minds, our will, and our emotions. Some of you said, man, did, did anyone fight through COVID in here? Has anyone had COVID? There's been several. I did. All right, you're, you're part of the COVIDia club? Wow, what a, the few, the proud, right? Not the few, the proud, maybe just the proud. I'm proud about it. I don't know. You went through COVIDia? Man, some, some of you, it hit harder than others, right? I mean, I've talked to people, man, it hit them hard. They said, man, this is it. Talked to a guy today. He went through COVID, and he had all kinds of issues fighting through that thing. But they said, man, this, oh, man, this is it. Well, no, no, you're so much more than a body, but when your body's ailing, boy, it feels like everything's falling apart, huh? You ever hurt your back? Ooh, I've hurt my back. In fact, my lower back feels a little funny right now. I did some back exercises today, and that is no fun or hurting back, huh? You're like, oh, man, it's your body. Your body is linked to your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions. But thank God, when you accept Jesus, he saves your spirit. Your spirit's reborn just like this. That's why Scripture says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Your spirit wants to pray, huh? Part of you goes, man, I wish God would force me to pray. Well, that's crazy. That's like me forcing my wife to love her. Forget it. I don't have to force her to love me. She just loves me. Praise God. But, I mean... God says, I love you enough to give you free will. You choose, but he says, I'm going to save your spirit. You're on your way to heaven. Now you need to do your best and get that mind renewed. Remember, once again, your mind is your what? I mean, your soul is your what? I'm sorry, I gave you one of the answers. Your soul is what? Your mind? Mind, your will, and your emotions. Your mind is your thinking. Your will is your decision-making abilities, and your emotions is how you feel, the way you perceive the earth and how you feel things, okay? So the body and soul, those are your job, but God saves the spirit, and he can do that anywhere. doesn't have to be in church. Aren't you glad? Now, we have people raise their hand every week to accept Jesus or get right with God here. We may have some do that tonight. You may have someone doing that at home on the live stream or listening to this later and doing that. That's exciting. But I praise God. Let's go back to the beginning of that verse. I praise God. Look at what the Apostle Paul said. He said, He is the God who made the world and everything in it. Since He is Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples. Can you imagine? Even, even Solomon, after he built the temple for the Lord or had it built, he said, basically, we know this temple can't contain you, Lord. He, he made a statement similar to that when he was offering up dedication for the temple. Scripture says the earth is His footstool. Anybody have a footstool at home? 
You prop your feet up. They sell those, huh? At the store over there, it comes with the couch, and you put your feet up on it. That's a footstool. The earth is the Lord's footstool. It's, it's something minor to him, but you are important to him. And I'm so excited that he doesn't live in man-made temples. We call this the house of God. Why? Because it's dedicated to God. But the true house of God is who? There you go. You are looking at him. You are looking at her. Once you've accepted Jesus, brothers and sisters, moms, dads, aunts, uncles, boys and girls, men and women, you are God's house. So that's important. Remember, whatever you do, whatever you see, whatever you're part of, you're bringing God with you. So that'll really make you give things a second thought sometimes. All right? So, human hands can't serve his needs. I love this. My dad was quoting this verse to me the other day. He has no needs. No needs. You know what he says in the Word, in the Old Testament? He says, all the silver and gold, they're mine. He created it. Does he care? Does he need that? No, he doesn't even need the silver and gold. But he... There he is. He says all, the, the, all of the beasts of the field, in another verse, he says, they're mine. He says, the cat, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. There he is. So he doesn't need anything, but I love it that he wanted us. He has no needs. We can't really serve his needs. That's why you, you tell people, and, and, and I've heard my mentor say this many times. He said, you know, people say they're going to they're gonna help God's kingdom with a gift. You think God needs my help? Hmm. It's usually when God asks you to do something, it's for your benefit. You say, man, I'm going to give tithe and offering. I'm going to support the church so that they, you know, they keep paying. And no, and that's great because that's what, that's what we do. You give and everything's taken care of. God uses that. But all in all, God would provide somehow regardless. Right? So he doesn't need it. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need us, but he wanted us. And that's so much more important than needing us, right? He wanted us. He still wants us to this day. Look at this. He himself gives life and breath to everything. One chapter in Psalm says he opens up his hand and satisfies all living things with food, blessing, whatever they need. He just opens his hand. In one hand, he can satisfy the needs of the universe. He himself gives life and breath to everything, and he satisfies every need. Wow. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. Then from Adam came who? Who came next, ladies? Eve. Equally as important as Adam. Praise God. All you, all you moms in the house. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth, and ladies are very important and vital just as men are equally. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall. Talking about the nations, and he determined their boundaries. God is a God of boundaries. Someone say, God is a God of boundaries. Let me hesitate there for a second. I did a boundary series. It was in 2020. I don't know. I don't remember the month. Mm, maybe early fall of 2020. I don't remember. But boundaries of importance, are, are, they're very important. Some of you really need to revisit your boundaries. If you serving and helping someone over and over again is making you mad and you can't do it with a good attitude, you need to revisit your boundaries. Are you with me tonight? This is free. There's no charge for this. You don't even have to give tithe and offering because God's going to pay for it anyway. That's between you and God so you can be blessed. You say, man, but yeah, they, I've seen people do this. They say, well, I have to do this. Do you? 
Mom and dad taught me if I have a bad attitude doing it, I might as well, I just shouldn't even do it. That's what my parents taught me. I don't know. They, they were pretty wise. But really, check your boundaries. And if someone keeps violating your boundaries, guess what? It makes you mad. That's how humans are. Did you know some people don't know anything about boundaries to the point that they don't realize that their skin is a boundary because they were abused? You've got to realize God has given you boundaries. He's a God of boundaries. From the book of Genesis, he said, Scripture, he said, he created, he's created the dry land and he separated it. There was a separation between the dry land and the oceans. And he allows the ocean, Scripture says, to only come so far. There's a boundary. We have boundaries between New Mexico and Texas. How many of you wanted to move to Texas during COVID? Okay, anyway. <laughs> I was going to see if anybody raised. Some of you are like, no, we were. And can you imagine at some point they were telling us, this is free too. They said, you can't leave town. Shut up, man. We were in Lubbock. I'd see other hob- hobbits over there, Hobsons. I like calling y'all hobbits. Well, they, they're in they, and I saw a few people. I'm like, hey, you know, you weren't supposed to leave town. <laughs> you know? Can you imagine your governor telling you you can't leave town? What is this, man? It's like a bad science fiction movie. But anyway, boundaries are important, and we have boundaries here. I, I mean, I was one of them. like, Lord, you know. Let Texas take Lee County. We'll go to Texas. That'd be great. We'll stay here, keep our houses, keep the church here, or we just all move to Texas at once, you know, during some of this. Crazy. But boundaries are important. Why? You can see a difference between things. Humans have boundaries in interpersonal communications. There's boundaries between yards. Why are boundaries important between yards? Did you know that someone wiser than me once said, fences make for great neighbors? Really? Otherwise, y'all be up in each other's business, mad at each other, seeing everybody's business. Hey, what are you doing with your dog and your kids out there? You know what I mean? We have fences. I can't tell what they're doing. I hear them sometimes. They hear us sometimes. But they have their own lives. He determined their boundaries. That's free tonight. I was not going to get into all that. But, man, I, I could just go off on another series right now about boundaries. Any questions about boundaries? All right. Those of you who do have questions and don't want to ask, I'm sure you'll ask me immediately following the service. Let's go to the next verse. His purpose was for the nations to seek after God. That's always been God's purpose. He wants people to seek him. He wants family, community. Why? He just wants to be sought. He just wants people to seek him. No, he wants to have communion, communication with you. Seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. Scripture says, seek the Lord while he may be found. I love this verse. For in him we live and move and exist. The King James says, in him we live and move and breathe and find our existence. I love that. In him we live and move and breathe. As some of your own poets have said, we are his offspring. Paul knew, knew his, he knew his Greek, Greek literature. And since this is true, we shouldn't think of God as an idol designed by craftsmen from gold or silver or stone. You know what God told the people of Israel when they were struggling? They'd rejected him. They'd worshipped idols. They'd sacrificed kids. They'd sacrificed animals to goat demons and worship demons and all kinds of stuff. This is all in Scripture. When they were being carried off into captivity, God said, call upon your idols now. Can you imagine you went through trouble and God said, say a prayer to Netflix? Can you imagine? God said, pull out your, pull out your smartphone and, and bow before your smartphone and, and ask your smartphone to help you. You've been on your smartphone, you haven't been seeking me. <laughs> that sounds crazy, right? 
But God told the people of Israel, he said, call out to your idols. Let's see if they can help you now. That's crazy. At one point, one of the kings of Israel, God gave him a victory over, I don't remember if it was Moab. It was a, a nation nearby. He conquered a nation, and then he brought their idols home and started worshiping them. Oh, wow. He wasn't real bright, was he? He wasn't the sharpest tool in the box, was he? And God said, look, I, I, I gave you victory over them. Why would you worship their idols who didn't give them victory? But look, Scripture says God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. Worshiping idols, all these weird things. But now, someone say, but now. Mm-hmm. People don't realize this. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their what? Sins and turn to him. Scripture says today is the day of salvation. Today. Not tomorrow. Today. What are you waiting for, right? For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. Who is the only one that was risen from the dead at that point like that? That's Jesus. Jesus has been appointed as judge of the nations. When they heard Paul speak about the resurrection of the dead, some laughed in contempt, but others, others said, we want to hear more about this later. That ended Paul's discussion with them. But some joined him and became believers. Isn't that powerful? Some believed. Among them were Dionysius. Now that's a name. Dionysius. I like names, as you've noticed. Dionysius. Wouldn't that be a cool name for some Latin dude? Dionysius Gonzalez. That'd be cool. If y'all have any more boys. No, no, really. Don't name him Dionysius. And she's like, don't be talking about me. I'm right here. We don't know what Dionysius means, and neither do I. Don't, not, don't name them that. So, Among them were Dionysius, a member of the council, a woman named Damaris. I have a friend who attends this church in Spanish service. His cousin's named Damaris. I don't know what that name means either. And others with them. Then Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. Anybody remember the books of Corinthians? Written to the church in Corinth. There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife, Priscilla. Wouldn't that be cool if your name rhymed with your husband or wife's name? So we have Aquila and Priscilla. Don't forget that. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. Brief note on history. Study this well, really. Every nation that has ever kicked Jews out of it has fallen brutally all the way up to the modern country of Britain. Britain was a world power, and then they started persecuting Jews and doing stuff to them, and they, they fell from world power. At one point, Spain, at its peak, began to deport, persecute, and perform the, remember the Spanish Inquisition? Forcing people, forcing people to be Catholics, forcing them or killing them or burning them at the stake, which is not of God, obviously, and persecuting Jews, Spain fell from grace. 1588, the Spanish Armada was messed up by a storm, and then Britain became the world power, and then Britain did the same thing. But all throughout history, empires who persecuted the Jewish people, God's original people, eventually, eventually fell from power. Okay, So what happened to Rome? It took a while, but you know, a few hundred years later, Rome, Rome fell from power too. They looked unstoppable. Scripture desca- describes them as the empire of iron. There had never been an empire like them before. But Claudius Caesar, in all of his lack of wisdom, he deported all Jews from Rome. 
So Paul lived and worked with them, for they were tent makers, just as he was. Paul was a tent maker. Very useful. You say, why is that useful? Well, there were a lot of tents going on back then, right? It's like a car maker or something else useful. Each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue. Think before you speak. What day of the week is the original Sabbath of Scripture? Hmm? Saturday. A Sabbath in our modern vernacular, our modern communication, our modern vocabulary is a day of rest. We treat Sunday as Sabbath, but the original Sabbath is like in Spanish. Anyone who knows Spanish is Sabado. Sabado is Sabbath. Sabbath, originally, Saturday. Found Paul at the synagogue. Remember, Paul goes to church, right? So, so Christians who go, well, I don't really, uh, I, I worship God at home. No, you don't. Not by yourself all the time, forever. You can worship God at home. Remember I told you all? You can be saved anywhere, everywhere. But you got, uh, Hebrews chapter 10 says, you want to assemble together, be together. Go to church when you can. We have the live stream for those who can't make it. Um, one young lady texted me today and said, Pastor man, I felt sick today uh, or had a, had a headache and was just feeling cruddy. She said, but I'll be on the live stream. Good to see you tonight, Miha. You know who you are. God bless you and welcome. But each Sabbath found Paul at the synagogue trying to convince the Jews and Greeks alike. Paul was tireless. Every time you read about him, he's convincing someone of Scripture. Hey, man, here's what the Scripture says. Except Jesus, he's the Messiah, okay? And after Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul spent all his time, look at that, doing what? Preaching the word. Now let's make the word preaching less daunting real quick, okay? I had people before, they look at me and they're like, Pastor, I could never preach. Have you ever shared your faith? Have you ever told someone I believe in Jesus? Have you ever told someone God loves you? Have you ever told someone Jesus loves you? You preached. Preaching is proclaiming the word. Speaking the truth of God's word, that's preaching. You don't have to grab a mic and get up here and wreck it. Okay? You don't have to. You can just speak the truth in love to someone. Say, hey, you know Jesus loves you. Hey, you know God changed my life. He can do the same for you. You know there's salvation and forgiveness for your sins. You know there's one way to heaven. It can just be one sentence, and you preached. Y'all still with me? He spent all his time preaching the word. Now, Paul was a little more detailed. Scripture says at one point, and I don't believe we've gotten there yet, but it, it's, no, we have not. At some point, he preached so long into the night, he was long-winded. Y'all think I'm long-winded, 30, 35, 40 minutes? No, Paul was preaching till late at night. Someone fell asleep and fell out a window and died. Scripture says that. I didn't make it up. But Paul ran out and raised him from the dead. Lo, life is still in him. Okay, I'm going to keep preaching, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it was his last night with them, though, in his defense, I believe. So, I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine one of y'all fell asleep and died? That'd be terrible. He said, man, Pastor Matt preached two hours. They fell asleep and didn't wake up. That's crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> anyway, he testified to the Jews that Jesus, what? Was the Messiah. How do you say Messiah in Spanish? El Mesías. We used to deal with a church in Guatemala named um, El Mesías, the Messiah. Pastor Gregorio's church. The Messiah is the anointed one. The chosen, prophesied, anointed one of God. But when they opposed and insulted him, Paul shook the dust from his clothes and said, Your blood is upon your own heads. I am innocent. 
From now on, I will go preach to the Gentiles. He told his people, I'm sick of y'all, man. I tried, I tried, I tried. I've gotten some converts, but some of you guys are impossible, right? He said, I'm going to go ahead and go preach to the Gentiles. Who were Gentiles once again? Non-Jews. Anyone who is not Jewish. Then he left and went to the home of Titius Justus, a Gentile who worshiped God, and lived next door to the synagogue. That's interesting. Live next door to the church. Crispus, the leader of the synagogue, and everyone in his household believed in the Lord. Even after Paul said, hey, man, you know what? I'm sick of you guys. I'm going to the Gentiles. Look, some more Jewish folks are accepting Jesus. Many others in Corinth also heard Paul, became believers, and were baptized. So they heard, they believed, and they were baptized. Sounds familiar, huh? That's what you guys have done. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision and told him, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. God's saying that to you tonight. Don't be afraid. Time to share your faith. What's the worst someone in America is going to do to you now? Laugh at you? I mean, the days are coming where it's going to get worse than that. We've had hints of that, right? But for now, you're still free to speak your faith. So God would say to you, just like he spoke to Paul, Don't be afraid. Speak out. Don't be silent. Wow. Jesus says, look, look at what the Lord said to him. For I am with you, and no one will attack and harm you. For many people in this city belong to me. That's a powerful statement. So Paul stayed there for the next year and a half, teaching the word of God. But when Gallio became governor of Achaia, some Jew, and the reason they're saying when so-and-so became a governor of Achaia is so you can mark that in history. Jewish writings, they let you know where something happened in history when so-and-so was governor of so-and-so or when, during this king's reign. When Gallio became governor of Achaia, some Jews rose up together against Paul and brought him before the governor for judgment. They accused Paul of persuading people to worship God in ways that are contrary to our law. But just as Paul started to make his defense, Gallio turned to Paul's accusers and said, Listen, you Jews. <laughs> He was obviously not Jewish. He said, listen, you Jews, if this were a case involving some what? Wrongdoing or a serious crime, something illegal, I would have a reason to accept your case. But since it is merely a question of words and names and your Jewish law, take care of it yourselves. I refuse to judge such matters. That's good. And he threw them out of the courtroom. <laughs> Golly. The crowd then grabbed Sosthenes, the leader of the synagogue, and beat him right there in the courtroom. But Gallio paid no attention. Strange times, man. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters and went to nearby Centrea. There he shaved his head. Bless the Lord. Look at that. The man of God right there. About time I heard some good news about this, about hairstyles. There's good news about everything else in Scripture, but we got some good news about hairstyles there, Eric. Said Paul shaved his head according to Jewish custom, marking the end of a vow. When I first shaved my head, people said, why'd you do that? I said, I have a vow to God that I'm going to serve him forever. So I shaved my head. Some people just looked at me like, are you serious? Do we have to do that? I'm like, Everybody shaved their heads now. Then he set sail for Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. Someone say Priscilla and Aquila. Very important Bible characters. Okay, next verse, please, ma'am. They stopped first at the port of Ephesus where Paul left the others behind. While he was there, he went to the synagogue to reason with the... 
So Paul left the Jews of that other town, but he went back to his people here. He went to reason with the Jews again. Said, man, y'all need to accept Jesus. He's the Messiah. All right. They asked him to stay longer. That's good news. But he declined. As he left, however, he said, I will come back later, God willing. Then he set sail from Ephesus. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, man. Let's talk to the Lord real quick. He is here. He's always with you. God is for you and with you, and he lives inside of you. So he's on your side. You say, man, well, is he on my side? Like, How do I know that? Well, if you're seeking God and his word, he's on your side. He has your best interests in mind. I want everybody at the sound of my voice to pray this prayer with me. It's for those who have left the Lord or those who have never accepted Jesus.